Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I'll tell a story about how when it comes to horses, the smallest steps can add up to the biggest results for the positive or for the negative. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the importance of small things and how they can very steadily accumulate and add up to much larger things, sometimes seemingly all of a sudden, and how those things can sometimes be positive and sometimes be negative. I'm going to do this by telling you the story of a trainer named Jessica and her horse Blaze. So Jessica had contacted me about a young horse Blaze that she was working with. He was about three years old. He'd come off the track. He'd been an abysmal racehorse. I think he'd won $200, maybe raced three or four times at the most, and was a big, gentle, completely not fiery temperamented kind of couch potato racehorse, which is why she acquired him. And Jessica was a well-regarded young trainer in the area. She did jumping, she did dressage, a kind of an all-around trainer, had been very successful as a competitor, had a good-sized lesson program building, and was getting more and more involved with the kind of business of retraining young horses and then reselling them to clients who were interested in show prospects. So she contacted me and told me that she'd been working with this horse and that when he'd first come to her, he was one of the quietest horses she had ever worked with. It was just, she thought, too good to be true. And he had been gentle, he'd been easy to ride, he'd had good ground manners, and she was really excited about his progress. But then, seemingly, all of a sudden, she told me, he started to have a lot of problems on the lunge line. He was rearing, she said, and sort of waving his front hooves around, not really striking, but acting kind of aggressive. And she really felt like he was becoming dangerous. And so I was very curious about this because usually when people say something is happening all of a sudden, it's pretty rare that it is indeed happening all of a sudden. Usually there have been some signals, some sort of indications over time that things are going in the wrong direction that maybe had been missed. So I was pretty curious about this and I wanted to see what was going on. So Jessica invited me out to come and watch her work with the horse. And I told her when I arrived, I was like, just do what you normally would do to get him ready. I, I would just like to observe which is something I do quite a lot when I'm working with new people that I don't know well or their horses. So she had a very professional barn operation and she had Blaze in the cross ties. He was a very handsome horse, like I said, tall, young, kind eye, very well built, very athletic looking. And there he was standing in the cross ties looking like you're just sort of nice, normal, young horse. And of course she, she tacked him up and in a dressage saddle and she had the bridle on and the bit. And then she put the halter over the bridle and the bit and she went to lead him to the indoor arena. They had a covered arena. And the covered arena was not crazy far away, but it was maybe the equivalent of, you know, a couple of good sized city blocks away. You had to kind of walk down their driveway and cut across a small field, not a big field, just kind of a paddock size field. And so it was a windy day and Jessica was telling me again, kind of his history and what was going on. 
And as we were walking together and the wind was sort of blowing, Blaze was a little excited. He was dancing in place a little bit and looking around at all the interesting things blowing in the wind. And I noticed that he was getting really, really close to Jessica. In fact, he was walking almost on top of her. And Jessica just kind of continued to talk with me, didn't really kind of ask him to change his position. And as I said, just sort of kept talking, telling me all of his background and history. Finally, at one point, he was pretty much dancing right next to her. And it looked like to me like it was a little uncomfortable. Jessica was not a particularly tall person and Blaze was quite tall. So I was watching this, kind of wondering when Jessica was going to ask for a change in his behavior. And sure enough, about halfway down the driveway heading toward the arena, she stopped and she kind of pulled on the lead rope and she said, settle, settle right now. And of course, Blaze looked at her like, English, not really my first language. And he didn't really respond much to this command. So, uh, but she continued to do that. And then she would walk forward again and he would continue to sort of dance around on her shoulder. But finally they made it to the covered arena. And I watched her as she set up to lunge him. And she was lunging in, again, that kind of very traditional format, which you'll see a lot people doing in show rings and so forth, which is that she had the bit and bridle on with kind of a halter over it at first. But when she went to put the lunge line on, she actually clipped it so that it went around the, around the noseband of the bridle and through the bit. So she goes to ask him to go around her to start the lunging process. And she has your classic, again, kind of lunge whip and, and the long lunge line. Well, Blaze was continuing to be pretty much on top of her. So when she asked him to move forward and around her, he was really close. And so she had sort of the same issue where he was kind of dancing around, but he wasn't actually getting into a good form to lunge around her to begin that process. So she had to kind of wave that whip around and kind of shake the, the lunge line at him. And I heard settle quite a few times. And finally, he started very kind of reluctantly, uh, kind of like a teenage boy that you've asked to take the garbage out, and he's not really into it. He had kind of that demeanor about him, like, yeah, I guess I'll get around to that at some point. And then she asked him to move out more. And I could tell Jessica was a little nervous, like she was expecting him to have a problem. And sure enough, he did. The wind was still blowing, and he started to dance around. And he didn't really move forward and kind of arc around her. He just sort of was again dancing next to her. And she asked him again to move forward with the whip and he finally did start to move out, but again with a little bit of reluctance. And then he stopped at one point and I wouldn't say he reared, he basically kind of playfully lifted his front feet up maybe about eight inches from the ground. And at that point, Jessica stopped and she turned to me and she said, see, he's rearing. Like this is really scary. And so not to minimize rearing, that's always a very intense sort of situation to encounter on the ground. But from my perspective, again, kind of fresh eyes, not really being totally involved with the process or not really feeling like uh, that he was misbehaving necessarily. I looked at him and what I saw was a young horse being playful, 
who also hadn't really properly been directed. In other words, he'd been kind of getting away with small defiances, again, like that teenage boy kind of example. But he didn't seem to me to be a horse that was really being aggressive. So she lunged again in the opposite direction and the same thing happened. And I could tell again that she was feeling a little frazzled and again, a very professional young trainer, nothing really that I would say was wrong or, but, but it was not, they weren't communicating in the same language. And so there seemed to be this, just from the start, misunderstanding of what was going on. So I asked if I could work with him and I came in and at this point he's starting to be more and more like a teenage boy. Now he's only taking a few steps before he'll start to put his front feet up a little bit or he'd dance even more sideways and just again not really listening or paying attention. So I had brought a rope halter. Uh, I like a rope halter and lead. It's not like it's a, a magic wand or anything but it's a little easier to work with particularly if you want to direct a horse to go around you a certain way it's a little bit better than having that bit. You don't want to maybe have to make an adjustment that's too firm if the horse has the bit and the line through it. So this way, it's just a little bit softer, yet also can be kind of clearer because of where the knots fit on the rope halter. So I had her take off the bridle and all of the lunge line apparatus, and then I just put the rope halter on him with a 12-foot lead on it, a rope lead. And, uh, and so I immediately started to lead him around the arena. And sure enough, he came right, right on top of me, just like he did with her. And I did a kind of a two-step process, uh, we call it good deal, bad deal. So the first step is I would then ask him in a very kind of low-key way, hey, take a step back, that's too close. That's the good deal, really soft and light, as if he was the most well-trained horse. And then when he ignored that predictably, which we knew he was going to do, I then indicated with a little, a lot more clarity right now. So I, I would flick that lead rope more emphatically so that it would kind of bump him, not, not hit him hard, but kind of bump him a little on the nose and with a motion with my forearm that said, get back. And he was like, oh, like he wasn't particularly scared, but he was like, oh, so you mean step back? And I'm like, yes, that would be great. So we practiced that. And within, I would say, three or four times, Blaze was really picking up on it. He was like, okay, okay, I get it. You just want me to stay back there. He wasn't uh, particularly, again, upset. He gets, The teenage boy metaphor just keeps coming to mind. It was kind of like, oh, okay, so I really, I really can't maybe have a less than perfect attitude or you really, you really do want me to take that trash out. Got it. No problem. Rather than being emotionally distressed about it. So then I went to do a form of, it's not quite lunging, but where you ask the horse to move around you in a circle on the end of that long lead rope I had. And I knew he was going to have a problem when I asked his feet to move forward around me because he'd already indicated that with Jessica and the longer lunge line. So I was kind of ready for that. And when he started to be reluctant, I again asked again, hey, time for you to move forward. Good deal. And he kind of gave me that teenage boy look and I had the, the end of the lead rope ready. It had a little leather popper on it. And I just kind of twirled that and I, I very lightly smacked him on the rump with it. That was the bad deal, not so good deal. And he was like, oh, oh, you want me to move forward? Okay, I get it, I get it. And again, he wasn't scared. He was just more like, oh, you you really mean it. And I was like, yes, I do. I really mean it. Please move forward. And again, within like three or four times, 
he was moving out quite well. It took a few, you know, a little bit of emphatic taps on, on, on the rump and so forth, but it was by no means that I was beating him. It was just kind of like, no, seriously, I really mean it. And he was like, okay. So then I took him out and led him all over the property again. And, and I could lead him with the lead rope completely slack. And he stayed behind me. He very much understood the difference in the tempo I was asking for. And he was quite courteous. He was like, oh, in fact, I was really impressed with how easily he took direction. And then afterwards, Jessica and I had a little bit of a discussion. And for her, it seemed like, why did that make such a big difference? What was going on? And I told her that what this situation had become was due to how the leading process was going. It was all going back to how they led together from the cross ties to the arena. So from his perspective, that was the start of their session together. Not when he was actually in the arena officially now ready to lunge in her mind. So as she was leading him and he was on top of her, every step that she didn't redirect him or catch him or tell him to go another way, basically told him that he was in charge to some extent and that there would not be any any redirection there wouldn't be any problem in fact in fact she was it was as if she was asking him to be on top of her from his perspective so every single little step that he walked like that and got on top of her and got more playful that to him was as if she was saying yes good boy good boy good boy even though of course that's not what she wanted so by the time they got into the arena and it's time to lunge and now she's going to ask him to purposefully move his feet forward. Well, they've just had this whole like, you know, dozens and dozens of steps where she said, it's perfectly fine for you to be anywhere you want and you don't have to listen to me when I ask you to direct your feet. So that's why when she asked him to go, he was like, yeah, teenage boy, I, I don't really want to. Like we've established that I don't really have to pay attention to you. So, but once you changed the clarity of the message and said, no, really, this is really not acceptable what you're doing. This is what I'd like you to do. He pretty much fell into line right away. And, and there wasn't even like a, uh, there was a minimum of emotion, in fact, from him. He was quite a sensible young horse. So that was one of the most rapid turnarounds I'd ever had working with a young horse. The whole thing took maybe 20, 25 minutes. And then from that time on, he did great. Again, not because the session I did with him was so perfect. It was more that he was such a receptive young horse that he took the message of all those small steps leading to the arena without being redirected. He took that as if it was the training manual for the rest of the day. But that also meant that he took the correct direction equally enthusiastically and was perfectly ready to kind of behave in a different way when directed clearly. So a lot of times people don't realize that just how you lead your horse is truly the start of the ride or the end of the ride. If you allow your horse to either be on top of you when you go back to the barn or the pen, or you let your horse sort of drag you to the grass, that is in a sense how you're ending your ride. The ride isn't over until you've taken the halter off the horse in his stall or in his paddock or in his pasture. And there's been a very polite end to the session. So how you start 
is really key and the things that seem so boring and simple like how you lead a horse sometimes can be the root of everything that has gone wrong with your ride. I hope you've enjoyed this story about Jessica and Blaze and I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening.